all of us like spent a month and a half straight just hammering this car out and built it and then we took it out to bonneville and got a record with it you know getting out of the turns like crazy torquey but then the seat heater it was just that was the nicest time around the track (laughs) (laughs) if there's some component out there that has a lot of engineering behind it use that part because it's a waste of time to not you know use some to, to use something else and then spend all your time trying to figure out why it won't work Hello and welcome to The Next Great Car Era, a podcast by EV Tuners. I'm your host, Daniel Martin, and today I'm sitting down with John Garcia of J5 Design and Fab. Johnny has been in the car scene for a long time and is an all-around builder, designer, and fabricator. He's worked on off-road race cars, was part of the Electroliner team who broke electric land speed records, and has EV swapped around 10 cars, working for EV West and for his personal collection. Among the topics in our conversation, we chat about his path building cars, take a deep dive into a Toyota Hilux, which he Tesla swapped using a BMW i3 battery pack, and discuss what's on the horizon for him. Before we dive in, please remember to like and subscribe on YouTube, leave a review anywhere you listen to podcasts, and follow us on Instagram. It helps a ton, and I really appreciate it. And now with that, enjoy. So let's dive right in. Yeah. Johnny, thanks for thanks for joining me today. Um, before we dive in too deep, maybe a quick intro and background for folks who have never heard of you before. Yeah. Um, let's see. I guess uh, uh, I'm Johnny. Uh, Johnny Five is my my nickname that I've, I was given about 20 years ago. Um, then, uh, yeah, just. Uh, all around car builder, uh, designer, engineer, uh, machinist, welder, all the all the above. Anything that Everything. has to do with uh, <laughs> building a car, that's uh, what I do. Car, or bike, or airplane, or whatever. <laughs> so, kind of whatever I have to do. How did you get into cars in the first place? Or I guess fabrication or, I mean, all of the above. You're like a jack of all trades. Yeah, uh, I started in automotive um, right out of high school. Actually, I'd say before that, because my dad had a transmission remanufacturing company uh, Mm -hmm. in the 90s. And I started learning about cars then with him. And I learned how to machine at that point too because he had a bunch of lays and mills and all sorts of things so uh i'd say that's where it started and he was also a welder so that's where i learned that too just by using the machine sitting there and that's awesome yeah and then um went out of high school i went right to uh my first job was actually building Subaru engines over at Crawford Performance. Um, so just pr- high performance turbo Subaru engines. And then I went over to uh, RPM Muffler, which he did a lot of custom header stuff uh, for race cars and a lot of off-road cars. And uh, basically just started uh, learning how to TIG better and uh doing a lot of stainless headers and stuff like that on uh different cars so and then oh heck 
from there, I did construction for a little bit and then did uh, actually worked in the shipyard over at BA Systems um, over in the land and armaments uh, department. So that was a pretty, wow. pretty interesting couple of years. And then I uh, was on my own for a little bit. Um, and then over to EV West. So that's where uh, I started building electric cars. Which is what we're here to talk about. Yeah. (laughs) Among other things. But then um, there's some news as well. The most recent, you've moved from EV West now, correct? Yep. Yeah. So I'm on my own um, working on my my business, uh, J5 Design and Fabrication. And uh, just gonna build that up. Uh, that's that's mainly e-bike stuff. Um, I'll probably venture into into different things later on, but um, as of right now, it's just doing electric bike uh, parts, and maybe I'll make a e-bike or something. I don't know. We'll see. See how busy cool. I get with it. Yeah, I bet you're gonna be pretty busy. There's a lot. Yeah. Of, there's a lot of cool things being done. Oh yeah. Um, so when last time we talked, you mentioned that there was also a bunch of interest in airplanes. I'd love to hear about that before we get too down the EV rabbit hole. I'm just mm-hmm. it's fascinating all of the different facets and, and things that you do. I don't know how you find the hours in the day. <laughs> I just I don't know. I'm always just interested in so many different things that anything mechanical really and electronics and I don't know. I just, I find everything fascinating. So kind of just naturally like to learn about it. Um, but yeah, as far as all the, I guess my background or family background in aviation, uh, goes back to my grandpa that worked for uh skunk works and, uh, for Lockheed and cool. He basically developed the, camera for the U2 spy plane and wow. for the SR71. Um so we have a lot of family history with all that stuff. Uh and then he he worked for various different companies like uh Hughes uh Hughes aircraft um and for a uh, heck McDonnell Douglas. Um so he's just all sorts of aviation background. My grandma dropped one time that she had worked for Hughes way back in the day. And I didn't find that out till I was old enough to appreciate that. And I thought that was a really cool fact. Mm-hmm. Like, what grandma, are you serious? She's just nonchalant. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fine. Good job. Had a lot of fun. It's a little That's crazy. cool. Yeah. I guess. I mean, a lot of people did work in the aviation industry at those times. That's uh I hear that a lot with a lot of a lot of people's grandparents ended up being in something something to do with aviation, either Boeing or Lockheed or uh McDonnell Douglas or any of those. It was really booming at that in that era. Oh yeah. Big time. I wonder um, if in the future there'll be something different, you know, when when we all of our our generation have grandkids, if it'll be like, oh yeah, we did something with EVs. I, remember, I think it's going to be the EV happened. thing, the, the yeah. big EV push. Uh huh. 
So there's a lot, there's a lot of moving parts to it and, and it's exciting. I've mm-hmm. talked to a lot of folks and myself included where it is, it is like the new challenge, the new interesting thing beyond mm-hmm. anything else. It's just like you were saying, fascinating. And, yeah. And that is, that's something that can build momentum for sure. Oh yeah. <clears throat> and uh, I definitely say like, there's just a lot to do right now to get the powertrain of uh, all these vehicles to be electric. And so I think the cars are pretty figured out at this point. We just have to keep implementing it into more vehicles. <clears throat> and uh, I, th- I think the next biggest thing is going to be aviation because that's that's a tough problem to solve because of the weight factor of batteries. Yeah. So it's really actually dependent on that. Um, but there's obviously things that can be done meantime to make aircraft more efficient to mm-hmm. be able to, to, uh, adopt this. I think I've seen a couple small electric airplanes that are more like gliders, just really like single or two people, but mm-hmm. nothing commercial. Yeah, gliders are are definitely the most efficient thing uh next to next to lifting body aircraft. Um but gliders really uh it's a long squ- long skinny wing is the most efficient thing to have. Yeah. And so they uh and they fly far and they fly really fast if you want them to. Oh, that's and really cool. high. I didn't realize that. <laughs> mhm. Well, perhaps there's going to be some sort of, you know, synergy, right? Because as the cars are leading battery development and more and more batteries, as they get made, they're going to get better, more efficient, lighter. Right. Potential new materials that aren't aren't marketable right now. Mm-hmm. I think there was some stuff go, going around the internet uh, recently about sodium batteries that that a Chinese car company is making and they're supposedly good enough for a car at this point. Hmm. We'll see. Yeah. Um, sometimes that I can never tell if it's clickbait or not. There's a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. There's a ton of that. Um, but I know people are working on different chemistries and different ways to put, uh, put these batteries together. So, um, there's there's definitely hope. Yeah. There's definitely uh some batteries coming out that I'm sure are gonna solve a lot of issues. Doubtless. So EVs at large, when did those first blip on your radar? You were you were racing, you were building performance engines. At some point along the line, I imagine you said, Well, what the heck? That's there's no cylinders in that car. That definitely started with rc cars around the early 2000s okay when i saw the first uh brushless car uh, rc car um come out and i was watching a friend run a nitro car and he he kept you know it kept rolling and dying and kept having to restart it and he's just fighting this thing i'm like that sucks. <laughs> and then uh, another friend brought over a brushless uh, car, uh, RC car, 
and I was just watching him zip around and going faster than the nitro car. And I'm like, well, why, 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 why aren't we doing this? Like, this seems to work on the small scale. Why yeah. don't we put this in a, in a car that we can get in <laughs> and, and go rip around. So, uh, that's, that's definitely where it started. And then I remember when Tesla started, uh, and I first heard about them around 2007, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I kept telling friends, I'm like, ah, it'd be cool if there was like a, a actual good looking car that was electric because that's, that's definitely what it's going to take is, is a car that's got, you know, that looks really good. Um, that's going to attract people to want to get it. And then I, I saw that Tesla had that roadster. I'm like, Oh, this is it. They're going to do yeah. it. <laughs> like super confident seeing that, like this, this is going to be the thing. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of snowballed from there. Um, but I've, I've always, I guess I've always liked gas engines because I mean, that's what I, that's what I grew up on doing turbo, uh, four cylinders and, uh, just V8 cars and, and I've built tons and tons of engines. And then it just, it got to the point where I was like tired of doing it. I was tired of mm. building headers, tired of, you know, building engines and blowing them up and fixing them. And I was like, okay, this, this really sucks. I don't want to do this anymore. I'd rather focus on the car than fix this damn engine all the time. So mm. that's where I really started going like, okay, how can I get my cars to have electric motors now? So. And at this point you've built quite a few electric, mm-hmm. electric cars, right? Yep. Yeah, how, I did. Uh, roughly how many? Um, let's see. This one, two, three. About 10, something like that. Some for clients and some for yourself. Yeah, uh, mostly at the at EV West. Uh, those are all client ones, and then my two uh, Hilux and my Volkswagen Bug, and then some future cars too. <laughs> so, yeah, I got some in the pipes that you're uh, that you're thinking about. Uh, yeah, I have. Uh, my dad actually wants to do. Uh, he has a Nash Metropolitan that he wants to do electric. So. Cool. That'll probably be something we throw together. <laughs> that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be super cool. Mm-hmm. And you also worked on on one of the really fast cars, kind of specifically mm-hmm. for speed records. Yeah. Right? So Can you talk about that, that a little bit. Yeah. So that was a that was Electroliner, and um, when I got to EV West about a month and a half in uh, Michael and a, and a buddy has wanted to do a land speed car. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm a chassis builder. Let's build a car. So I ended up building the chassis for it at the shop. And then uh, all of us like spent a month and a half straight, just hammering this car out and built it. And then we, took it out to Bonneville and got a record with it. Um, That's awesome. and that was at two, two twenty nine. So it's not, not like super fast, but it's 
for an EV at that point, that was pretty quick. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Than most people are, are ever going to drive. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that kind of, that kind of escalated into, uh, other, other cars being built. So it's pretty cool. My buddy, uh, my buddy Eddie built a, or did a, uh, land speed card last year. I think it was last year or a year before. Yeah, I think so. Um, but he got a did a record of three fifty eight. So wow. world's world's fastest TV now. So it's it's kind of cool. That's gone a long ways from the first record. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's getting faster and faster. So, and right now I'm I'm a uh, helping a helping a buddy build another car to uh, hopefully go faster. So we'll see. <laughs> total arms race for yeah speed. yeah it's it's cool it's a lot of fun just see how, how quick can we make these cars go you know so when you go out to do something like that are uh, is there a is there like a testing process or you ease it in um i imagine that you don't just go out and run a record the first lap first time <laughs> you power it on you maybe have to kind of try it iterate a little bit oh something broke oh it's not optimized here is that yeah kind of along the right lines more or less um our car accidentally went over 200 the very first time it ran but that was a <laughs> that was a a mistake um but uh yeah for the most part you should be shaking down a car and not trying to go too fast at, the, at first and that's mostly just to make sure the chassis you know capable of doing it and making sure it drives straight and doesn't fall apart or anything right less, less worried about the actual power plant itself than anything else and then uh and then obviously once you start trying to go for speed then then you pay attention to the power plant and seeing how the batteries can hold up to that what is the what does the power plant look like in these land speed cars? Uh just Tesla motor, just a model, the old Model S uh um performance motor. And okay. that's what it's been in all these cars so far because they're old and cheap to get a hold of and they, they make an awful lot of power. So they're mounted probably longitudinally. Um an electroliner, it was mounted. It was just in the back, like like a standard Tesla. Oh, really? And then, okay. And then so both uh, the axles were going into into the Tesla motor, like usual, using that gearing and everything. Uh, it's different gearing on electroliner. It was uh, yeah. it was a four and a half to one ratio on that. And then on, I don't know what what Eddie was running on his, but he uh. His is longitudinal and uh he's running two motors on his. Okay. So um yeah, just different setups. Uh and then like Electroliner was a open wheel um uh what do you call it? Oh gosh, I can't remember. Uh it's just a open wheel car versus mm-hmm. uh you know what what the other car was was a streamliner so uh lakester that's what that's what that's what it's called lakester 
Oh, okay. So it's a different style of land speed car. Cool. I never. That's a new term for me. Mm-hmm. File it away. Yeah. So, and it's kind of interesting because the whole because the EVs and land speed are are new. There's the rules are changing around now, and things are moving around uh, because there's so many EVs coming into the into the game now. Mm. So it's interesting to see the whole land speed thing morph as it, you know, becomes electric or more people run electric stuff. Yeah. So they have different classes and things like that, that they're putting together now. I imagine there's some sort of balance between battery pack size and weight because you don't really need to go that far, but you do need a certain size to be able to get the current to yep. dump that much juice. Yep. Um, did, did you have to figure that out? Oh yeah. We're always figuring it out. <laughs> it's a, it's a tough equation. Cause you're, you're not, I mean, you're concerned about weight obviously. Um, but you're more concerned about getting a very, very high power battery into a really small spot. And by that, I mean, um, it's just high high power density. So basically, can it dump a lot of current over a long period of time? And that's kind of the game that we're trying to, you know, work with. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, just finding a battery that can that can deliver that much current um, over that time and not not get too hot or anything either. Which all these all sorts of factors going on. Were you guys using Tesla cells or, or no? Mm, nope. Yeah. Actually, uh, hybrid hybrid batteries do the best because that's they can, what I've heard. Mm-hmm, they can deliver a lot of current um, in a short amount of time, and they don't get hot doing it. Huh. So it's it's technically it is safer because it it's not turning that current into heat inside the battery, which is uh, could get really dangerous. So yeah, especially at triple digit speeds. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fire at those speeds is uh not good. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's plenty of oxygen to keep it burning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, what are your thoughts? Have you tuned in or or heard of or seen any of the uh, the Formula E racing? It's like a F1 spinoff, and uh, Seems like there's it's it does it's not nearly as popular as F1, but every year they're putting out kind of new rules and tweaking and new cars and all of that. Have you ever watched any of that? Uh actually not not too much. Um it is interesting though. Uh I just I did I never been into the formula racing a whole lot, but uh seems like it's pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, I'm hopeful that it will continue to get cool. Um, I, th- I think at one point they had like a, they were trying some sort of audience engagement thing where where like people voted and then that gave like boosts to to the battery or to the power to the and I I was not interested in that um, mm-hmm. because that's too gimmicky. 
I, I wanted mm-hmm. to just see the engineering and the racecraft, but I think they since got rid of it. So it'll be interesting to see if it picks up more or just more EV classes and other types of racing too. Yeah, I, it'll be interesting. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to pan out with racing. A lot of people that are into racing, like, like the sound of the engines and that sort of thing. And honestly, I can't, it's hard to imagine racing without sounds of an engine. So I don't know. I don't know how that'll, that'll all work out. But, I took my Tesla to the track a couple of weeks ago and it was a kick in the pants. It was super fun. Oh yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm looking forward to doing it again. Uh, I'm starting at the very beginning, you know, uh, learning, learning to race craft and all of that, but it was, it was great and a good experience. There was a couple other Teslas there. It was HPDE. So all mixed types of cars it had everything from, you know, fast and loud to, you know, small and Miatas, mm-hmm. agile, and then a couple Teslas. That's cool. Yeah. I think, I think it'll be, it'll be a different different thing i think evs are definitely going to have an advantage because of their torque so yeah when it comes to racing that's a pretty uh pretty important thing (laughs) yeah that is that's true they may they may not have the engine sound but they do have a lot of torque and from a performance perspective they're they're fast so yeah from from a performance about yeah from a performance uh, perspective, it's it, it's better <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, it's it's just because it's it's so consistent. You, mm. What you go in with is what you come out with. It's the motors, you know, act the same. The weight's the same. You don't have fuel sloshing around. Um, the temperature of the day doesn't affect how your engine's performing. Uh, none of that. So it's actually more of a, uh, I would say EVs would, would present more of a driver's class type racing to where your, your cars are so similar and they yeah. act so it's, it's like video game, like how they, how they act. So you end up, you know, seeing who's actually just a better driver. So yeah, that makes sense. I'd agree with it. When when talking about tuning of EVs, a, lo- a lot of times before you even say, especially um, OEMs like Teslas or, or whatnot, before you even think about what can you do to crack into the powertrain to overclock things, you're looking at suspension and aerodynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you keep the car planted and uh, be able to maneuver accurately yep but there's a lot there too oh yeah there's most most of the car is there (laughs) (laughs) so i mean if i were to race a tesla and be really serious about it i'd definitely really look at the suspension get the car really set up put it up on a on a table and get the geometry perfect and I'd also take as much weight as I possibly could out of that car. Mm. So it'd be pretty stripped by the time 
I'd be done with it if I if I ever did something like that. You mean I got to ditch my seat heaters? Pretty much. No. <laughs> well, since I'm not trying to be competitive yet, um, I yeah. still have them. And I, you know, you do the track uh, learning in the HPDE one with an instructor. Happened to be a buddy of mine, but he'd never been in a uh, in a Tesla. And so he drives a. He's real fast and uh, drives a Mustang uh, as his. He's currently rebuilding it right now. Um, but I left the seat heater on and didn't tell him in the passenger seat. He gets out and he's like, man, that was so relaxing. It was quiet. We were like, you know, getting out of the turns like crazy, torquey. But then the seat heater, it was just, that was the nicest time around the track. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yep. It's uh, quite a bit different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, keep people Keep people guessing. Yep. So I'd love to hear more about some of the builds that you've done, like the the bug or the Hilux. Um, mm -hmm. I think the first one that I had seen you post about was the Hilux, and I thought that was just the neatest build. Yeah that that uh that's been an interesting interesting build because I've had that truck ooh since two thousand seven I think, uh, and I got it from a from an auction and it was gonna it was basically just gonna go get crushed which sucked but oh yeah i went and got it or my friend my friend robert told me about it and uh we went over and picked it up and i drug it home Saved literally it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so i've had that truck for a long time i've put different engines in it lots of turbo setups of V8 at one point and never never really was satisfied with what I was doing. I was just more or less just tinkering on it and hmm. couldn't really make a final decision like this is going to be how this truck is. And then uh once I started working at EV West, I was able to get some parts and uh I was like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my Hilux. And it, at the time it had a turbo 22R in it that I was just fighting and fighting and trying to get it to run right. And I just finally said, screw this. I, I'm over this. And just, uh, I said, I'm, I'm just going to do it with the Tesla motor and be done. It's going to make way more power than it ever could with that yeah. turbo setup and just go that route. And so I'd pull the motor out one day and committed to it. And then, uh, just started building it. And, it was, it was funny because it was lowered for the longest time, like slammed to the ground. It was going to be like a street truck. Oh, really? Okay. Uh -huh. And then when I, because I used a BMW i3 battery pack, like the whole thing, and I put it in the frame rails, um, I was like, gosh, this would be cool just to, just to use this whole battery pack and be done. Mm -hmm. And then I started fitting it and fitting the motor and I realized the motor was pretty damn close to the ground. I was like, well, I don't want to change how this is going to be set up because I could have put the battery under the hood and uh, brought the motor up and kept it lowered. But then I thought, you know, this, this thing would look actually really cool if it was lifted with some like 31, 31 inch motors on it and just do that whole route. So I just went that way instead and lifted it. 
got the motor way up high and I was like, this works. Yeah. And then, uh, as I was building it, I was looking up Hiluxes that, you know, I just Google, uh, lifted Hilux and found out that there was actually a whole line of Toyota Hiluxes that were converted to a four by four and, uh, ended up finding some of those and they're, they're called Wolverines. Hmm. And I started looking at those. I'm like, that looks really cool. So I just kind of followed how they built those trucks and, uh, just kind of mimicked, mimicked one of those Wolverine trucks. And then, uh, that was the outcome. (laughs) So it ended up looking pretty cool. Yeah. What are you using to control it? Uh, using a T2C. So from EV controls, it's just, uh, it's basically a can can bus spoofer that just, uh, just controls motor. So super, super basic setup. And, uh, I, and it's actually, that truck is my daily. I don't have any other car anymore. I saw, I had a BMW i3 for a while and I sold it. So I was like, I don't, I don't need another car. I'll just drive this thing. And it's awesome. Heck of a lot cheaper to have. (laughs) So yes, less maintenance too, than probably when you had the 22 R. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a lot less. Um, so yeah, it, it's been awesome. It, it's quick. It's, um, free to drive. Cause I charge it off my solar. So my solar and, uh, I have a whole off grid system in my shop that powers everything. So it's, a dream. Uh, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now the i3 battery, love how you put it in the rails there. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't come across anyone who's used that particular battery pack yet. So could you tell us a little bit about how how it was to use? Easy is that a potential candidate for other swaps? What's the BMS yeah. look like? Um, they're they're really good batteries. They uh, this it delivers 650 amps. Um, it's rated at 400, but, uh, that's what, that's what I see it coming out of it. Uh, huh. um, but as far as like a simple 400 volt battery pack that can run a Tesla motor, they're, they're awesome. They're not very big and they don't weigh very much. I think that's a 450 pound battery pack. Oh, wow. And it's, uh, yeah, that is light. Mm-hmm. It's just super nice. Cause um, I didn't have to do much to, to build a battery. It's already, it was already done and they're cheap. <laughs> so hmm. all sorts of benefits. Yeah. Win-win. Mm-hmm. How many kilowatt hours is in the pack? Uh, 33. Okay. That probably so, gets you what, like a hundred miles range somewhere in that neighborhood. 70 to 80, <laughs> 70 to 80. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of that is obviously because it's aerodynamics are they're horrible, and uh, the thirty-one inch mutters doesn't help <laughs> that thing at all. No, not so, so much. Um, most of it's because it's trying to rotate that that big tire. But I once I figured out that it was really inefficient, I'm like, you know what? Screw it. It's this truck's awesome. I can actually use it for a truck. Yeah. Um. So it's just. 
I just kind of, you know, said, screw it. This, this is fine. I'll add more battery if I really feel like it, but. Sure. Are you, as a daily, are you kind of only using between 20, you know, don't let it drop below 20 and don't charge it to hundred percent kind of the window or are you not yeah. overthinking it? No, I, I keep it within there. Um, okay. actually, uh, my habit is to actually just keep it between 60 and 80%. Um, and when it drops below 60, my, my whole driving style changes drastically because within 60 to 80, I can just punch it everywhere and be, have fun with it. And I'm not hurting the pack, but once mm-hmm. I get below 60, I don't, uh, I stop driving, you know, quick and stop trying to race people. <laughs> so, uh, cause I, cause the voltage sag is what I really pay attention to. Okay. And that's what, that's what really starts to hurt the battery is when you start getting lower and lower in voltage and you're demanding that current, that's when you create a lot of heat and a lot of dendrites in the battery and start really ruining it. So, hmm. and are you able to see that? Do you have some, some logging or screen mm-hmm. capability to be able to actually monitor that while you're driving? Yeah. On the T2C, it actually has a iPad app, which is really, really awesome. And it shows you everything you need and you can see the stator temp, the rotor, the motor temp, the everything, oh, cool. uh, inverter. Um, and you can see current going through the bus bar on the motor. You can see voltage, um, wow. all, all sorts of stuff. You can see everything going on. And so, and it, and it also data logs if you want it to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually, I don't drive based on a percentage. I actually drive just looking at my voltage. Okay. So for me, it's a lot easier because I'll hop on an e-bike and it's a 13S battery. So I know that 54.6 is full. I know that I should stop flooring it everywhere around 47 volts uh, or 48 volts. Uh, And then on my truck, it's like, if it's around 390, 393, somewhere around there, it's, it's pretty full. If I get down to like 370, I stop driving as quickly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, and that's all based on per cell voltage. Yeah, that's really cool. mm -hmm. I'd never heard of kind of monitoring it like that. Yeah. It's just, it's the way that I learned because I, I got, because I was, riding e-bikes so early on that I've, I've learned how to just read voltage mm-hmm. and understand how a lithium battery works. So I kind of compare them to, uh, how, how it works is I kind of compare it to a Chevy gas gauge from like the nineties where the, <laughs> the cage, like it kind of just does this. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, you know, it goes from, from full to like, three quarters really quick. And then it's like, yeah. just stays there between, you know, three quarters and a quarter. And then it just drops. That's, that's more or less how lithiums act. So it's so uh, that first <laughs> bit you have fun and then it's just be consistent to protect the battery mm-hmm. and get it charged. Yep. <laughs> no, <laughs> love that. Uh uh, yeah, it, it ends up working out. And it, for me, it's, I like to see voltage over anything else. 
um, seeing that and just knowing where the cell is sitting is like a peace of mind to me versus a percentage where I'm like, I don't know where that, where that battery is sitting. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that makes sense. What about, um, do you, are you using like stock cooling or is the I3 battery, is it liquid cooled or how does that work? So the I3 battery is, um, it's, uh, cooled by AC. Okay. Yep. So it has, it has rails underneath the battery, uh, modules themselves that have uh freon going through it and it chills a battery. Um, I don't use that. I, oh, you it's don't? Just, no, okay. it's just, uh, it's just dry right now. And a lot of that is for cooling it during DC fast charge. Uh-huh. Actually, most of it's for that. And I mean, if it's a screaming hot day and you're, and you're flooring your car all, all over the place, then yeah, it's, it's going to probably kick the AC on cause it's so damn hot. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is mostly for DC fast charge so that you don't bring your temps up while you're you know, cramming current Jumping into the battery juice in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you don't actually have cooling hooked up to the battery, but mm-hmm. you monitor everything. So mm-hmm. you can, I can know see if the, there's going to be an issue. Yeah. And I can see the cell temperatures. So it's, it's, uh, I just pay attention to that. Do you, is there a separate BMS that you're using or, mm-hmm. or charging and, or were you able to use the OEM somehow? Um, I didn't end up using the OEM and you totally can use it. It's a good, uh, it's a good BMS to use. Um, but I didn't because I just wanted to see more precise monitoring. Mm. Um, and just, I was, you know, I have sensors in different spots just to see how the cells are doing. So, um, and then I have a, I have a little more control with, the you know, the BMS itself and how it's acting. So which one uh, are you using? Uh, the dilithium. Okay. That's yeah. another new one. I haven't come across yet. Yeah. They're, uh, in the EV world, they're or like the custom EV world. They're, they're, they're pretty common now. Um, they're, they're a good BMS. They, they do pretty good. So, uh, I feel like I've come across lights. Orion a lot. Yeah, they're they're the other one, and they're they're a little older than the dilithium, and uh, I don't have personal experience with those, but I know that they're they're also pretty damn good. So, yeah, um, they it seems like their their uh, form is a little bit more professional because the dilithium is just in this like plastic box, but yeah, that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's inside the battery pack itself, so I'm not too worried about that no no more about getting it to work right at this point mm-hmm. no just reliability that's all i look for yeah how about the bug build Did, was yeah. that before or after the highlights that actually started right up at the same time <laughs> okay and i actually um <laughs> I, I started going to do two swaps at once. Why not? Yeah, <laughs> that was a dumb idea. But uh, <laughs> but I started doing the Hilux and the Bug at the same time, and I actually uh, I was invited to go to the fully charged show last year, 
And I was like, okay, what car do I, what car do I want to finish and bring? And I'm mm. like, I think it's going to be the Hilux. Like I definitely want to drive that. So I finished that and got it in the show. And then now, now it's just finishing up the bug. So that's, uh, that's coming along pretty good. And it kind of sucks. Cause that one, if I were just to convert a bug, it'd take me probably two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. But the fact that this thing, it's a bug and I had to rebuild like every single part of that thing because it's all rusted. Um, that's, that's taken up all the time. Yeah. But an opportunity to upgrade while you're at it a little bit, right? Maybe oh, yeah. you know, better brakes and all of that. Good oh stuff. yeah. It's, it's, it has just brakes now all around and uh, a better transmission, new pans on it, new everything. It's all new. Are you so, having to do a bunch of metal work uh, for like body panels and rusted out stuff? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I swear this thing sat in, on a on a boat in the middle of the ocean. Like it is, <laughs> it is so rusty. <laughs> and now oh, digging into hilarious. it, I'm like, gosh, I, I don't think I would have started this car had I known it's so bad. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, this is a little bit different than like the Tesla swap, right? Because you're actually hooking into the five speed or four speed, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's an older way to co- convert cars is just put an electric motor on the transmission. Um, so it's definitely like a an older style EV conversion, um, but but they work. And the bug, it it won't be like near what the Hilux is for speed, but it'll, it'll go pretty quick. You still get the experience of rowing gears if that's what you're missing. Oh yeah. It's, it's a definitely, it will be a different experience. So, um, more mechanical. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, I'm sure I'll blow up a couple of trainees cause they're, they're not very strong on a Volkswagen. So, <laughs> What are they built? The original Volkswagen, they had less than a hundred horsepower, I think, right? 30 to 60. Yeah. Somewhere around there, depending so on what engine. A little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's mostly the torque that, you know, grenades everything. Oh, it is the torque that grenades everything. So, yeah, no doubt. Instant. Mm-hmm. So, in general, what are your thoughts about kind of the process of tuning and working with software and, you know, doing these conversions? Once you get it all wired up, then there's still the process of getting it talking together and, and getting it performing how, how you want. You know, I think in some ways I view that as a similar process to other, you know, like ICE engine builds where you still need to tune them. Um, mm-hmm. But we have this kind of paradigm where the configuration and setup is, is a little bit different, even though we're kind of, the goal is the same. Yeah. Um, when, when I personally do EVs, I, I just go as for as simple as I possibly can. And from building cars in the past, I've always gone for OEM parts for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people always want to go for like a, you know, the cool name brand thing, like, oh, I have a King Shocks or a house steering rack or, you know, like a 
like a name drop type thing where I was, I'm like, go, go toward the factory stuff. Um, huh. because they have a lot of money and engineering on these parts. And if, if they have the confidence to put some of these parts into production and have a few million of these things out there, then they're, they're probably pretty good. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, depending on good what way to think of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, depending on what loads they see or what, what, uh, duty cycles they need to hit or whatever it is. Um, yeah, they just, uh, they definitely put some engineering behind it to make sure that those components can do that. Mm. So, uh, when I did the Hilux, I, I just made sure I was using a Tesla charger, a stock one, okay. a stock Tesla DC, DC, the stock Tesla motor, stock i3 battery for the most part um and i i try to stay with components that actually come from cars um because again if they engineered it to be in these cars forever then they're probably pretty good yeah <laughs> and they're waterproof and they're um they're just robust so that's uh that's kind of what I try to do. And, and as far as um, tuning, it, it's a little easier because you're not really, you know, doing some custom weird thing. It's just like, yeah, for a Tesla DC, DC to turn on, um, you just put 12 volts to the enable wire and it turns on. That's it. And for the charger, you have to do a little more. You have to put in a, a custom little uh, board to control it, but it's still a very basic setup to where it's just an enable wire and 12 volts and it turns on. Hmm. And so, uh, yeah. Um, the, cause the more, the more you get into the aftermarket stuff, uh, as far as chargers and DC DCs and motor controls and all that stuff, it, it gets, it can get really difficult. And they, and they're, these parts are coming from companies that aren't, sometimes most of the time you've never heard of <laughs> and sure. yeah and uh they don't have the experience or engineering background to to really make something super robust they're just making like a you know a few hundred of whatever component they're selling not a few thousand like something yeah. you would find that and, uh, makes sense and, mm -hmm. so so that 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 kind of it goes along with what you were saying. You're controlling the motor with, with kind of a spoofed can signal. Mm -hmm. um, and that's very, a very different approach than say someone who's like using some of the open source boards that are kind of fundamentally bypassing what was, what was used in the factory. Is that mm -hmm. accurate? Yeah. Um, because you can't and actually in the Hilux, I was going to use, uh, an open inverter board, but I was having so much trouble trying to get it to work that I said, you know what? Obviously, the TTC's working pretty good. They he's got it figured out, you know, as far as can spoofing it to where it works perfectly. Mm -hmm. So I'll just go that route and leave the stock Tesla Logic alone um, because they, again, they spent a ton of money and time engineering that the logic in those motors um so they don't blow up the inverter or the motor 
Right. And, <laughs> and that's really important. So, <laughs> um, if you want to keep driving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'd rather, uh, I'd rather just leave that all alone. Kind of reminds me of uh, back in my four-cylinder turbo days, where they w- you would like trick the mass airflow sensor mm-hmm. to to force it to uh, dump more fuel in. I know exactly what you're talking about, <laughs> especially <laughs> on a 22 R. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they have a they have like a flap door type mass airflow sensor that you just go and tweak the little resistor pot inside to get it to dump more fuel. <laughs> Uh, just <laughs> shove a paper clip in there. <laughs> yeah, which you know, it, it ends up being bad at a point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, in the moment though, it does, and it if it helps you beat somebody in a race, then it's, it's worth it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, what sort of co- configurability do you have though? Um with with that spoofing do you can you do you dial in can you still dial in things with that tesla tesla motor um like change the way the power is delivered i guess is is the question if you were to say want to dial it in for off-roading you might want to have it be a little bit more set up for that as opposed to just a daily drive um no that's all that's all the motor logic itself uh the way it ramps up power the way it uh de-ramps power all the the expo setup exponential setup on the throttle um the slew rates all of that is all something that you can't mess with um and honestly i I wouldn't (laughs) after seeing what it's good right yeah it's 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 really good and these motors they're they're definitely capable of like just twisting an axle right off, like right off the get-go. If you gave one of those motors full current right off the bat, it, it'll just shear everything. Which, mm. what good does that do you when it's like, okay, my motor's powerful enough to do this, but now I don't have an axle, and you know, <laughs> and that's expensive, and I'm calling AAA. So <laughs> yes, and you and you lost the race. <laughs> and he lost her. And he definitely lost her. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so, I'd rather uh, I'd rather just leave that alone because it's they at Tesla. They definitely gave that motor as much as they could without breaking everything. So, I'm sure they have a pile of axles somewhere or something, you know, to that extent. Of uh, probably of all the testing they did, just breaking things. <laughs> that's, oh, that's guaranteed. That's, that, that's how I. Uh, that's that's how you do it. Just yeah. <laughs> how far can we take this before it shears us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not something you want to do on the daily driver. Mm-mm. So, yeah, they definitely have as much as they can get out of them without without hurting stuff. So and I, I like the simplicity approach. You know, mm-hmm. I used to be more interested in building. Uh, but for me personally, at this point, I'm most excited about driving. And mm-hmm. so I want more seat time in whatever car that I have. So the idea of something that is, you know, 
solid and is dependable. It's pretty attractive. Yeah, and it's 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 interesting because um, for me, when I started driving the Hilux, I was like, it is a weird thing to drive a car that's been sitting in a yard for 10 plus years, just baking in the sun. Uh-huh. And to be in it and driving it down the freeway, it's like, it's surreal. It's like, wow, this is, this is cool. Like I'm in this car that's been in my yard forever and it's, you know, now it's my daily. So it's a, uh, it's definitely neat to get a car to the driving point. And that's, you know, like you said, it's, uh, that's what it's about for me, uh, now just mm-hmm. making a car drive and all those little details, you know, whatever, not too yeah. worried about, you know, I'm not too worried about all the little creature comforts or whatever. Yeah. I'd rather totally. just go down the road. <laughs> it's like not even my heater, my heater doesn't even have different, different speeds. It's just on or off. So hot, hot or cold. It. But I have it, yeah. It counts. Yeah. So <laughs> that's uh so yeah. What's next for you in in all of this stuff? You're focusing on your business. You have you said that there was maybe another car in the mix. You're finishing uh, the bug. Without what? getting into too much detail, um I'm definitely going toward the aviation direction. So okay. and uh planning to start a business doing that. So, uh, that's, that's the big goal. That's Um, exciting. Yeah. And right now my whole, my whole business online business right now is just for, for e-bike stuff. And that's kind of where it's, that's just going to stay. Um, it's basically my job right now until I establish this, this new, new thing. So, so people can follow your Instagram and and kind of be excited to see as you slowly release some of that. I think I maybe saw something on there that was teasing some aviation or at least gesturing towards it. Yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> um, it's kind of funny because I'm like trying to figure out what do I call this thing, and um, I, I'm working on that, getting figuring out some different names for what I'm doing. So Sweet. yeah, definitely, uh, definitely should be cool. <laughs> well, I'll have all the links and everything in the show notes so people can follow you and, and follow along as, as that progresses. And I'm sure that as other projects, uh, drop as well, um, you'll be posting those too. Yep. And, and it's always oh, yeah. cool to see. Yeah, that'd be cool though. So. What about uh, any any advice as we wrap up here for folks who are you know, interested in EVs or building EVs or just electrification in general? Um, words of wisdom from someone like yourself who has been doing this a long time. I would say, um, don't try to get too complicated with it. Just try to do your car build um or whatever build as simply as possible that's always worked for me um with any car that i've ever built uh just keep it basic (laughs) if there's some component out there that has a lot of engineering behind it use that part because it's a waste of time to not 
you know, use some to to use something else and then spend all your time trying to figure out why it won't work. Mm. So <laughs> I would definitely say that just keep it simple. That's good. Good advice. Oh, yeah. Right on, Johnny. Well, thank you so much. And yeah. uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Cool. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it.